0: Good morning, Jericho Road Church. Uh, I'm so glad to be uh, preaching for you guys this morning. My name is Pastor Jason, and normally I would be doing that video section you guys saw earlier that Pastor Sam did, but we decided to switch roles this week. Uh, I am so excited to be here this morning. Um, I know normally Pastor Sam leads us in our shout, but I I feel like I can do it this week, right? What do we do? Love God and love others. What do we say? I love God and I love you. Amen. It's, it's such a blessing to be able to say that out loud to you guys here at this church. Now, this past week, our daughter had her 18th month checkup, and um, it's really amazing to see her spirit and, and her, her personality come out. Uh, she's walking, and she's kind of talking, you know, baby babbling, and uh, it's really cool to be able to like tell her like, what she likes, what she doesn't like, and um, it's just really cool to see her growing up so quickly. It's a little sad, right? Uh, As as most parents know, like, oh, I just want them to stay babies forever. But uh, it's really cool that um, she is at this age where she can kind of do things on her own. Now, there's a lot of things that people tell you about having kids. Um, But there's one thing that unless you experience it yourself, and no matter how many times people tell you, you'll never understand. That one thing is being able to sleep well, right? (laughs) No matter how many times people have told me, oh, enjoy your sleep. Jason, enjoy your sleep. I never really understood it until our daughter was born, right? We all need sleep, whether we like it or not. We need sleep to function. We need sleep to live. We need sleep to stay sane. We need sleep to stay beautiful, right, because you guys are all beautiful. Now, it's really hard when we don't get enough sleep, and it's even harder when we're woken up from our sleep. I can remember there were nights where uh, we'd be woken up by our daughter crying, and um, I would take for granted those times that I was able to sleep for, like, let's say six hours straight, right? Maybe that's, that's asking for a lot sometimes. But you see, in those moments of, of being woken up, there's feelings of frustration, of, uh, like, fatigue, right? You're just so tired, and, you know, I just thought to myself, is this ever going to end? And eventually it does, right? Eventually it does, but... Uh, you realize as you're holding, I I realized that I was holding my daughter and I was feeding her and even though I was falling asleep, caring for her was so much more important than me not being able to sleep well. I think our lives are a bit like this too sometimes. Uh, Things get turned upside down. Things get disrupted and and unexpected things happen and we regret or we take for granted the things uh, uh, how they were before, right? But you see, God disrupts our lives for a purpose when his plan is greater than what we expect or even plan, but it's up to our heart conditions to be able to embrace the disruption that God has for our lives and to view it as a blessing instead of, you know, something that's just in the way. So this morning, we're going to go look through the book of Jonah, and we'll see how his life can be an example of how we should or shouldn't respond to disruption. So let me go ahead and read uh, the uh, the very first verse for us. The word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amidi. Go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it, because its wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah ran away from the Lord and headed for Tarshish. He went down to Joppa, where he found a ship bound for that port. After paying the fare, he went aboard and sailed for Tarshish to flee from the Lord. See, the first thing I want us to know is that God disrupts us for a purpose— when we disrupt his plan for our lives, the beginning of the book here starts with the word of the Lord came to Jonah. And usually, uh, I don't know about you guys, but in, our, in my relationship with God, I'm usually the one coming to him. I'm coming to him with my plan, with my worries, with uh, my burdens, and I'm the one laying them down at his feet. But we see here that God came to Jonah with his plan. God came to Jonah with something that he needed from him. God had called Jonah and viewed Jonah to be righteous enough to be a messenger of his word. He viewed Jonah to be righteous enough to be an authority against the wickedness. He viewed him to be righteous enough and and good enough to preach to the Ninevites. (laughs) But God had a mission for Jonah. But this got in the way of what Jonah wanted for his life. See, Jonah disrupted God's plan for the people of Nineveh, and instead he went and followed his own plan for his own life. So my wife is here right now, but uh, my wife and I, uh, we're coming up on our five-year anniversary. I know that's, 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 uh, that's really not, nothing compared to some of our more seasoned couples here, but, you know, it's, it's five years, so five years is five years. Now, growing up, my wife was always told that uh, she would make a great pastor's wife. Yeah, she would make a great pastor's wife. Uh, she is, by the way, um, but uh, she knew the challenges that came with being a pastor's wife, that just, it was, it was difficult, and that's just something that she didn't want for her life. In fact, she didn't want it so much that she prayed every day that she would not marry a pastor. But you see, God answered, actually answered her prayers. When we got married in 2016, I wasn't working as a pastor. So technically, she didn't get married as a, to a pastor, right? You see, God had a funny way of redirecting her plan for her life in the way that he wanted it. Now, I think oftentimes that uh, when we disrupt the plans that God has for us, things don't always work out the way that we want them to. And God has a funny way of bringing us back on track. It tells us in Jeremiah, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. So as we continue through Jonah's story, we'll see that God's disruptions are not just for his benefit and his good, but they're for ours as well. And we just have to stop trying to run from it, stop trying to fight it, and just lean in and, like in Jonah's case, jump in. So let's continue in our story here. Uh, Jonah chapter 1, verse 9, he answered, I am a Hebrew, and I worship the Lord, the God of heaven who made the sea and the dry land. This terrified them, and they asked, what have you done? They knew he was running away from the Lord because he had already told them. The sea was getting rougher and rougher, so they asked him, what should we do to make you make the sea calm down for us? Pick me up and throw me into the sea, he replied, and it will become calm. I know that it is my fault that this great storm has come upon you. See, God's disruptions are not just for his benefit, but they're for our benefit as well. So we just have to jump in. See, God had sent an unnatural storm uh, to Jonah's ship, and it was tossing it left and right. And the hardened sailors, they feared for their lives, right? These are like pirates, basically, right? They, this is what they do for a living, and they're scared about this storm. But Jonah was in a deep sleep. And Jonah realized when he was woken up that it was him that brought the storm upon the ship, that he was the reason for the storm. His rejection of God's plan brought the storm to where he was. As he was running, he knew that God was running with him, right next to him. This disruption on his journey showed him that running from God's plan, running from the thing that God had called him to do, was not for his benefit. See, one of my favorite movies uh, is Finding Nemo. You guys have seen Finding Nemo, right? Right? Um, now, there's a point in the movie where Marlon, the dad, and Dory, his friend, get, they get stuck inside of a whale. Now, they don't know where they're going. They can't see anything. Neither of them can speak whale, and Marlon thinks he's going to die, right? Um, the, the whale looks like it's about to swallow them. It, its tongue goes up like this, and it tells them to let go. That is time to let go, and uh, Dory says, okay, and she lets go, but then Marlon is so scared that he just, he just hangs on. He just holds on to her. And then he realizes that this disruption on this journey to find his son, to find Nemo, is actually for his benefit, that him letting go is actually helping this process, that he also needs to let go and let his son be his son, Right? So he lets go, and the whale takes him to where their, their son is and to, to where Nemo is, So, and they end up finding Nemo, and they live happily ever after. Right? Now, you see, Jonah had acknowledged that he had messed up and that God really wanted him to go to Nineveh. He was able to recognize that going down this path wasn't good for him, that he had to let go and let God. So he decided to jump into the ocean and to, continue, and to follow what God had called them to do. Now, oftentimes, like Marlon and Jonah, we view the disruptions that God places in our lives as maybe roadblocks or blockades or things that are just getting in the way of where we want to go or what we want to do. We question, we fight, we wonder, is this ever going to end? Is this ever going to go back to the way that things should be or we want them to be? But the thing is, these disruptions are actually meant to benefit us, right? In the case of Jonah, he realized, okay, this is what God wants me to do. And in Marlon's case, he realized, okay, I need to let go and let my son be my son. Let my son be a kid and let him have fun. Don't crush his spirit, right? Um, It tells us in Romans, and we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. And in Proverbs, it tells us, trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him, and he will make your path straight. See, Jonah finally realized that uh, the call to preach to the people of Nineveh was not just for God's good, but it was for his good too. That he had to let go of his ambitions, he had to let go of his dreams, whatever he wanted to do, and to just buy in to what God wanted to just jump in to what God wanted. But when he arrived at Nineveh to preach to the Ninevites, to call them to repentance, Jonah had an unexpected reaction when they actually listened. So let's go ahead and continue in our story here in Jonah chapter 4. But to Jonah, this seemed very wrong. He became angry. He prayed to the Lord, Isn't this what I said, Lord, when I was still at home? That is what I tried to forestall by fleeing from Tarshish to Tarshish. I knew that you are a gracious and compassionate God, slow to anger and abounding in love, a God who relents from sending calamity. Now, Lord, take my life away, for it is better for me to die than to live. But the Lord replied, is it right for you to be angry? You see, just like Jonah in our story, when we're disrupted by what God does, Sometimes our heart conditions are not in the right place. See, Jonah was upset that the Ninevites believed that they listened and that they repented and that they believed in God. That doesn't sound right, does it? I mean, a hundred and, it tells us 120,000 people came to believe in God. He was angry that God showed his grace and compassion and his mercy upon these people. He thought that he knew God so much better than God knew himself that he told him, I knew you were going to do this anyways. He was so angry that he wanted to end his life. Now, if I were to give Jonah a grade on his heart condition, I would give him a, an F. No, correction, F minus, an F minus. Come on, guys, 120,000 people, just, and there, we're just counting men here, probably a lot more with women and children. This entire city came to believe in God. They turned from their wicked ways. They, they tore their clothes off. They wore sacks. They, they were humbled before the Lord. They were saved from destruction, yet Jonah could care less about that. His heart condition didn't allow him to see that the Ninevites and, and their lives were just as important to God as he was. And instead of rejoicing and, and celebrating, he became angry and very displeased with God, so much so that he wanted God to end his life. Now, if I could summarize uh, disrupted for a purpose in one word, it would be 2020. Ooh, was that a bad word? I'm sorry. didn't mean to say that. 2020. What a year of disruption 2020 was. Uh, when I came to Jericho Road Church in 2020, I was so excited for where the Lord had placed our family. And I was really excited to serve in the children's ministry. Um, I had all these ideas and plans for new programs, and I was really get excited to get to know the kids and, and the families and just to be a part of this, this different church, right? But um, COVID happened, and in one week, we went from meeting in person and things were normal and we just had to wash our hands like we normally do to scrambling to get our services online. I think every church in America was struggling with the same thing. Now, um, it felt like before I could even start, before I could even get started, before I could even plant my feet at this church, it was like, oh, you have to take a step back. You got to stop. You can't see anybody. You can't meet anybody. And it was really difficult. You know, the, those first couple of months were, uh, I'm sure you can talk to Pastor Sam and, and Pastor Trevor and... Uh, even Pastor Jimmy, they were difficult. We had no idea what we were doing. It was such an unprecedented time for us, and uh, it was d- the disruption that none of us expected. Now, putting t- the videos together every week, I thought to myself, "Am I doing enough?" I thought to myself, "Are people even watching this?" I thought to myself, "Are, are is this is this working?" Right. But then I realized that my heart condition wasn't right. I was so focused on the result. I was so focused on on what I was doing for the church, which I was doing for the kids, that I didn't realize that it wasn't up to me. I didn't realize that I am just simply a humble messenger of God, that it was a spirit that was working in the hearts of our kids, that Jesus' death and resurrection truly gives us new life. I didn't realize that uh, we were able to reach an online uh, audience that we probably would have never been able to prior to the pandemic. It's amazing that we can worship the living God in our homes right now and that we can worship with people all over the world right here, right now with us. Now, having to minister really helped me see that you know, my job wasn't as important as I thought it was. It helped me bring, uh, bring comfort to myself knowing that, you know, it wasn't really up to me, that I just had to give it to God and, and let him do the work. Now, as I look back on this year of disruption, of, of being at home, of 2020, I see supernatural growth in our church. I think now that our online presence which was once considered maybe, or viewed maybe as a weakness of, us, of ours, is now, I think, one of our strengths, right? I think one of the, the amazing things that I've been able to experience is the online communities that we've been able to create through our small groups. Um, the small group that we're in now, some of the people I probably would have never been able to be in small group with if it wasn't for, you know, 2020. I believe that um, although we've been physically apart That spiritually we're more connected than we've ever been. I believe that we're longing for those interactions before and after service where those awkward conversations happen, that you know, that awkward small talk, you're like, oh, how was your week? You know, those little things. I I believe that we're longing for that, that we missed that. That we didn't realize uh, how much we actually cared about people. I believe that the disruption of our in-person meetings has made us long to see even those maybe we don't like so much, even maybe those that we don't get along with. And I believe that the disruption called 2020 was for a purpose. I know this because when we look back at the book of Jonah, we see that God disrupts our lives for a purpose because his plan is greater than ours. But it's up to us to, have our, to check our heart conditions in order to view that disruption as a blessing. Let me go and pray for us. Lord, uh, we just thank you for this time that you've given us here, that we are able to worship despite the disruption that you've caused in our lives. Lord, I pray that as we uh, look back on our lives, as as we reflect this week, that we would understand that you disrupt us for your purpose. You disrupt us for a reason. You disrupt us for our, for our good, Lord, and I pray, Lord, that um, this week as our friends look back, that we would check our heart conditions, we would view the disruptions that you placed on our lives, that not roadblocks or, or things that get in the way, but as a way to, to do your work, Lord, as a way to save your people, as a way to be blessed, Lord. We just give thanks to you, we love you, and in Jesus' name we pray, amen.